Welcome to the Free Range Preacher on Prayer podcast. Your host, as always, is Fred. Our desire is to encourage, exhort, and educate on biblical prayer through this podcast. The mission of the podcast is to help everyone God allows us to help achieve a growing, biblical, dynamic, and satisfying prayer life. If you have any questions, comments, or prayer requests, you can reach us at freerangeprayer at gmail.com. If you would like, you can make a positive review wherever you get your podcast. That would be appreciated. Welcome to today's episode of Free Range Preacher on Prayer Podcast. We are again beginning with just setting the context of this podcast. We are still in the middle of the coronavirus, so we like to set our context before we pray, and then we'll pray and get the podcast started. A couple things right off the bat, though. I did mention the last time. It, it's been about 10 days since we posted last. Actually, there were two things that happened that delayed this. One of the things that did happen was health-related. And there's great news on that. Everything is good. Everything's the same. So the health thing turned out well. I'm praising God about that. And then my kids came up and had some time with my daughter and her family and my son and his family. So that was terrific too. And I wanted to get in a podcast with the kids like we did before, but we just didn't have the time or the context. And health played a little bit of a role in that and that I was pretty tired all the time. So now we are in. It is the 1st of June. And we are still in the throes of the coronavirus. Things in the United States do seem to be getting better. States are loosening up. There hasn't been any huge spike at this point in the virus, which is all good. But there's a couple of things that I thought of just in relation to this that I wanted to kind of set a context for as well as we uh, before we go to pray. And the first is, at this point in time, one of the problems with this, with what's going on in our culture, I think in the world at this point, it seems, is that with this Wuhan virus, there is all kinds of contradictory information out there. One day they'll tell you to wear a mask. The next day they'll tell you not to wear a mask. Then they'll tell you it doesn't help at all. For a period of time, everybody was wearing gloves everywhere, and then that turned out to not be helpful. And it makes it very difficult when those things are going on. Here, again, in the United States, part of that is political, which is frustrating. And part of it is, because this is new, we just don't know. So my encouragement in relationship to all that is that we as Christians, just as in the rest of our lives, in these particulars, in actually every particular time of our life, season of our life, we are mandated. God wants us to walk by faith. So we have to take the information we have, take what the Bible teaches us, and then make decisions. And when we do that, as we've been talking about providence, we have to believe and understand, or we should, because it's true, that God is in control. And no matter what it looks like today, nothing is outside of his will and his control. And nothing outside of his will will ever happen to happen to you or to me. That's one of the things we've talked about a lot in the podcast as far as prayer is concerned. And so we are truly actually in the same boat we have always been. This is a different season, 
But we have to know that God is moving, and he may be moving history in a direction that we hadn't anticipated to stay in that direction. We don't know right now. But however he is moving, his hands are moving these events. The Bible says he raises up kings and brings kings low. And we know that that's true. So we can be excited in where God is leading us. In fact, on the Instagram page and on the Facebook page, I post from time to time, I try to do it on a consistent basis, photos with the phrase, where will the Holy Ghost take us today? So we can trust in God, know that he's leading, and we can enjoy what he is doing truly because it is going to be for our good and to glorify Jesus in the fullest. And then second, really quickly as well, things are happening in the United States again that are unsettling and below average in general. And even in the context of this virus, when we're contemplating the origins of this virus, and there's been a lot of back and forth as to where it came from, whether it was purposeful or not. And if anyone's to blame, and it may not, it may be that nobody's to blame, but if anyone, even if there is somebody to blame as Christians, we can rest in the fact that ultimately no one is going to get away with anything. Some of the things we fret about is holding somebody responsible, and that includes everything in our life, and including this virus, which is one of the reasons they go back and forth. Governments go back and forth as to who caused what and when. And we can also spread that out because that pertains the fact that nobody ever has gotten away with anything outside the justice of God, and nobody ever will because God is just. That's one of his attributes. And so whenever we see an injustice as Christians, we don't need to take our own revenge and we don't need to cause trouble and we don't need to try to manipulate things because we can trust in God. And we know, again, no matter what it looks like in this temporal world, that God is going to bring about his justice and we will see it in glory. We will see his justice in glory. And I know that's a little bit long for our introduction, but as things have gone on in the last 10 days or so, it just seemed important for me to mention that because we are talking about prayer and providence. And we're back to my personal testimony on prayer and providence. And we need to know God's in control and no one gets away without justice. And of course, for us, the price has been paid by Jesus Christ and his blood on the cross. And because of that mercy, that's why we can pray for other people to be saved, for God to forgive them as well because he's done that for us. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for this beautiful day. We do thank you, and we bless you for your complete and utter goodness to us, even in the midst of our sorrows and troubles, perhaps fears and confusion. We know, because we read it in your word, that all things are your servants. And so we thank you for that. We thank you that we can trust in that and rely on that. And again, as the Proverbs say, we can trust in you, and not lean on our own understanding. Thank you for that gift. We do thank you, Lord Jesus, that here, and it seems around the world, this virus seems to be leveling off. We don't know what's going to happen, but things are looking better. Things are getting back to normal, and perhaps some of the hysteria is even gone. We pray that it's gone, Lord Jesus, so that we can get back to normal. We thank you that not even a sparrow falls to the ground without you knowing about it and without you caring about it. So we entrust to you everyone we know with their health and their days, just like our days are numbered, 
in your book. And so we trust you with those days for them and for us. We would, though, pray from our souls, from our caring souls, that you would heal this virus. You would make it go away. We know you can. It came out of seemingly nowhere, a divine appointment from you, and you can make it go away. But Holy God, no matter what, we want your will to be done on this earth as it is in heaven. We also commit our time to you today when, as we talk about prayer and providence, Lord Jesus, that we would learn that you would direct the episode and that you would direct our thoughts into the ways that most glorify you. I do thank you for the chance to tell more fully the testimony of the last few years. And Holy God, for the astonishing ways you've moved, they're unbelievable to me. But those, again, prove that you are the same yesterday, today, and forever. And what you did for Abram and Sarai, what you did for Paul and Peter and John, you're doing for us right now. Help us to rest in that, to learn of you, and to seek you in all things, in your divine providence. Again, in the name of Jesus, our Savior, we commit this time to your glory and our good. Amen. One other thing here, you may hear some noise, a little bit different configuration. There may be some thunder and some rain, which would be kind of cool. But if you hear those things, you know that we've configured things a little bit differently and it may, a little, may be a little bit noisier. Welcome to the Free Range Preacher on Prayer Podcast. My name is Fred, and I'm the host of the podcast. As we've been looking at prayer and providence, we're looking at the marvelous providence of God, how he brings to pass his will and brings us, as we see him truly working, our joy inexpressible and full of glory, his glory and our joy. And this is the second time, this is the second lesson in the personal testimony of God's providence. And we left off last time in 2014. It was August, to be specific. And in prayer on the 14th and the 23rd, I had prayed several prayers, and I'll remind you of those here in a minute, in total desperation. That's where I was in my life. That's when I learned the humility that comes from Luke 17.10. That's where I began to pray from my sorrowful soul that I would smile just once more before I went to glory. That's from Psalm 39.13. Even though I didn't understand exactly what I was asking for, I began to pray those verses. I also began to pray that God would move on my life for provision for the things we needed that went beyond my abilities to supply them. Again, from the last episode, I was at the end. Didn't know if I would ever work again. Thought about some silly plans for my future and what I might need to do to protect my wife. And at the same time, I also prayed that God would show, or began to pray in a very specific way, that God would show his will through his supply. That old saying that God, if God leads us somewhere he's going to supply, is true, even though it doesn't mean things will be perfect on that road. It just means if he calls us to one thing, he's going to supply so we're able to do that thing. And so the prayers began August 13th or 14th, and then on the 23rd of August, 2014. And when we pray, actually for everything, but when we pray and we wait for God's answers, faith, patience, and a plan while we are waiting for him to answer those prayers, that's still our calling. That's still what we do. We need faith and we need patience and we need trust, obviously, in the faith 
And then we need to have some kind of plan of what we're going to do until he fulfills those prayers. And our only other option is to rush ahead. We can rush ahead of God and try to manipulate things and make things happen, but those are really our only two choices. Faith, patience, and doing what he asks us to do while we wait, or rushing ahead of God. And that always brings disastrous results. Waiting for God, waiting for his answers, those don't bring disasters. But when we rush ahead, those always bring disasters. And we mentioned before a story of John Piper and his depression, and that many times in his life, he went to bed praying sincerely that he would wake up in heaven. He was hurting. He didn't understand. He was depressed. And he would pray sincerely, I don't want to get up in the morning. And you know that's part of my testimony as well. And in the context of our waiting for God to answer those prayers or our prayers, whatever they may be for you right now or not, and you may be sad and you may be frustrated and ready to give up. But when you get up in the morning and you're not in heaven, what then do you do? And the Bible gives us those guidelines as well. The first, for me, as a husband and a father, the fallback position was I needed to find work. I needed to supply for my family. And so after August 23rd, as I was praying these prayers, what that meant is I needed to find a place to work. I needed to find a job so that I could supply for my family. It also meant, and we talked about this before, but it also meant that I had to stop seeking a place to run away to and live out my days alone. That was not an option. And so I found some work through temporary jobs. In each job, I was hoping that this would be the solution to the financial needs that we had, and that I could have these job or a job until I was called home. Even to the point that as I realized one of my shortcomings had been my whole life up until this point, that when I worked with a group of people, it wasn't, I didn't start praying with for them until after I had gone. And that seemed to me to be counterproductive, to be not what God wanted me to do. So in this period of time, I decided to consciously pray for the people I worked with, even in the back of my mind, thinking that if I did that, these jobs, one of them would have worked out long term, but it didn't. And so for a year, I moved through three assignments, being working and then being on unemployment, working on being unemployment. And then a year later, a year and two days later, well, I'll get to that in a second, but a year later, in August of 2015, God began to act. And at that period of time, it was in the summer, and I was on unemployment. And on unemployment, I had to make two potential job contacts a week. So I got a call one week out of the blue. I found out later, it was a friend, I didn't recognize his voice, that I had worked with in the past on several jobs. We'd worked in call centers together. And he told me about this job opportunity. I'd never heard of the company before. And I would typically not have gone. It was way out of the way. But I did need to fulfill that requirement. So I went. It was pretty far away from my home. Didn't never heard of the company before. I went and I filled out the, ac- the application without any expectation. And the pay was very low as well. I didn't believe the people at the job fair that I went to. I didn't believe they were as happy as they said they were. But I went ahead and filled out the application. Took all the tests that I needed to take for that day. And this is where we get back to August 2015. One year and two days since I began to pray in 2014 for a supernatural supply, not for my effort, the Lord began to answer 
that prayer in the most astonishing ways. This job turned out to be the best job I ever had in my life, in every single way. It was amazing beyond belief. It truly was. But it began pretty inauspiciously. I took the job because that's what a godly man does. Does whatever he can, whatever the Lord puts in front of him, to be supplying for his family. I wasn't excited about the job. And like I said, the pay was low, but it was something. And one of the principles I learned pretty early in my life is that you take whatever the Lord sets in front of you, and then he'll lead from there as he wills. So I took the job, and it turned out, I think it was the first or second day of training, that I started, by accident in my eyes, one of the four most satisfying ministries I have ever done in my life. And I wouldn't have conceived. I didn't choose to do that. It wasn't like I had a plan to do that. It just sort of happened. We may talk about that in the future. I, I imagine we will at some point. So I applied, got the job, began working a year and two days after, well, it was August 15th, so a year and two days. I worked at the job. I loved the job. I turned out I enjoyed it as much as those people told me I would. And in about three months, my team leader kept urging me to apply for a promotion. He wanted me to be a team leader. And the reality was, I really enjoyed it. It was phone work, but it was a special place. They had a great customer service idea bent. And I really didn't want a promotion. I loved what I was doing. But after a few days, it became evident that he was not going to stop bugging me about it until I applied. And in truth, I was thinking, okay, I will apply. He, he said I should be a team leader. I'll apply for a team leader. I'll get turned down, and then I'll get to come back to the phones, and my boss will leave me alone. I procrastinated for two or three days, and then finally, on the day that I decided to apply, a training position also opened up. So I applied for both, team lead and a training position. The position wasn't there the day before, the day I procrastinated, or one of the days I procrastinated. So I applied for both, interviewed for both, was offered both, and I took the training job. I had trained before. And I do like teaching. I do love teaching. And the result was, again, for the better part of, well, it was more than three years, I had the very best job in the working world, in the secular world that I have ever had. And that was in every way, mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually, all stimulating and all fulfilling. I was teaching, building relationships, feeding people, edifying. I even had a chance to speak forth the gospel a lot. And I've been in the job market for 60 years about that at that time. The satisfaction of my heart, mind, and soul was unparalleled during that time. That was the first step. That was the first answer to those prayers from moving to when I didn't think I would ever have a job again, ever, to getting the best job that I ever had. And it was all out of my control. It was amazing. I've said astonishing. It was improbable. And very often at work, I would pinch myself and sometimes even kind of dread when it would disappear. And I was on the verge of not even applying for the job or the promotions. God's provident, though, providence, though, is in control. And after raising my children, being a husband, now being a grandparent, other than those things, those family times, this four years, three and a half years, were the best years of my whole life. It was amazing. And the most glorious part, as it turns out, is I had nothing to do with it. 
and by that I mean no plan, no hope, no faith, I thought my days would truly end in sorrow. And I had made the commitment, probably a little bit before this time, probably at the same time around 2014, that August date, and I had been praying to the Lord, if it's your will, sweet Jesus, that I live out my days in sorrow and depression, it's okay. I will do that. I will accept that. I will follow your will. I know heaven's going to be worth it. And I had made that commitment, and that's what I was doing for 2014. And after several months at work, in that complete joy, in that satisfaction, what I might call step two of God's answers to those prayers in 2014, step two started. And again, I learned very early in my Christian life, especially through the life of Joseph, that God takes us into our trials step by step. You probably, if you examine it in your own life, you can see that. Step by step down, deeper and deeper, until you get to the bottom of whatever trial it's going to be. And when he brings us out, just like he did Joseph, he brings us out step by step as well. And he's refining and working in all the steps down and in all the steps out. And this second step of God's working in my life, hold on to your hats, began with pneumonia and the flu. So bad it sent me to the hospital. I missed several weeks of work. That evidently, the doctors aren't really sure, but that evidently caused a bad heart valve, which then put me into congestive heart failure, followed by a stay in the hospital for dehydration, a heart attack, a stroke, something called a fibrillation when your heart doesn't beat right, the installation of four stents. They did, I don't remember what they called this, but they electrocuted my heart to see if they could get it back into rhythm with those paddles, and then finally an ablation. I love the show Doctor Who. They basically took a sonic screwdriver and had to divide my heart, the electronic signals, so the top part of my heart doesn't talk to the bottom of my heart. That seems to have worked as well. So three and a half years with the best job I ever had, and then all those illnesses. And shortly after my last hospital stay, my job was gone. The company moved out of town, right out of the blue. And if I gave you a list and I said, in three and a half years, you're going to have a wonderful job that's going to suddenly go away, that you're going to have pneumonia, flu, hospital stays, congestive heart failure, heart attack, stroke, and I would say, would you like those things? I'm guessing you would say no. You wouldn't want to experience them. And neither did I, to tell you the truth. I used to tell the classes how much I loved my job and how I was praying that this would be the last position that I would ever need in my life. And I was hoping to work till I was 77 years old. As it turns out, in God's plan, I didn't have to wait until I was 77 years old to retire. And I was able to retire early because of those health problems. Who in the world would have thought about that? I never worried about it as I was going through all those things. I truly didn't worry about it. But there is no way in my mind I would have equated all those years of illness, or those three years of illness, the severity of those illnesses with God's providence and his leading me, my family, into a wonderful place, the wonderful place we are right now. And when the job went away, I wasn't overwhelmed or terribly sad. And that's why when a few weeks ago, when I looked at that list, those, that list of things to be thankful for, for answered prayer, it all came flooding back. How greatly God in his providence provided 
what I needed and to make my life what it is right now. Remember, August 13th, 2014, supernatural supply, not my effort, led to the best job I've ever had. And then the sicknesses, which have led me to this place where right now I am doing what I've always wanted to do in my life, in my weakness. In the measure that God has allotted me, I'm able to disciple men, to teach God's word, to pray more, and have the chance to teach prayer without any worry about supply. And I'm at this place in my life, knowingly at the end of my life. I am here not by my own cleverness or my own insight or even the steps that I chose to take, but wholly because of God's providence, His control, and again, pneumonia, flu, heart valve, bad, congestive heart failure, dehydration, a heart attack, a stroke, a fibrillation, four stints in my heart, and that, then that ablation thing, plus getting shocked with those paddles. I wasn't conscious for that, so don't worry about that. Any one of those things could have been my entrance into heaven. And one of the doctors later, as I was going through the treatments, he told me 15 years ago, I probably would be dead in his eyes, in heaven, in mine. But God had a different plan, and it was his and not mine. Even the idea of retirement, to be able to do what I'm doing now, came right out of the blue. Richard, a friend that I met at that best job that I ever had, told me that I didn't look very well and I needed to look into retiring. It seemed like an offhanded statement. I never would have considered that before he brought it up, but I considered it and went through the steps, and now I'm retired. Over that same time period, really quickly, his direction came through his supply. God supplied the computer that I needed. Again, not by my efforts, but by his just plain supply. The software that I needed, the stuff that I needed to do a podcast, again, through Richard. And all of that, and the podcast I'd never thought of before, but I began with that computer. Richard told me about editing and told me about the software, gave me the microphone that you're hearing me from right now. All that supply, not only for my daily living, but to do the ministry that he has called me to do, all of that came beyond my ability. God's direction, it turned out to be true, what I believed, and he has supplied. God brings us into conformity to his will by his providence. And as I mentioned in the prayer and providence testimony, the first part, I believed for no tangible reason that I would be teaching prayer, that that's one of the things God wanted me to do, teach and encourage and help other Christians to pray. But I had no reasons. I had no what we might call tangible proof that I should be praying that or that that might be fulfilled. But it has been. And on top of that, the joy, the peace, the comfort of seeing the unfolding of his providence, learning of him, his goodness, his perfection, his work, knowing him better and better, especially over these last six years, seeing his glory, I'm satisfied until I get to go home. It's a wonderful place and a wonderful work. And again, I say astounding. And he alone did it. Ephesians 3, you've heard this before. Now to him who is able to do it exceeding abundantly beyond all that we ask or think, according to the power that works within us, to him be the glory in the church, and in Christ Jesus, to all generations, forever and ever. Amen. God is working. He's working to fulfill those promises in Ephesians 3. And sometimes, as he's working, we need to be like Elisha's attendant, his servant, 
and open our eyes and look to the mountains and see that the hills are aligned with angels on our side. And I know you may be in a bad spot. You may be in a sad spot. Maybe you're coming in or out of a trial. But your life is superseded by God for his glory and your good. This has been a little bit long because of the uh, explanation at the beginning. But we're at the end of this episode. Next time, I'm going to recap a little bit what the last six years has been, how God has led his divine superintendence over those things in my life. The most satisfying season, I would have to again confirm. And then we'll look, as far as I'm able to discern, the great blessings that have come to my soul from Luke 17.10 and Psalm 39.13. Heavenly Father, again, we commit this time to you. I praise you and thank you for the patience of the people who listen to this. I praise you most of all, Lord, for the way that you have led and are leading and that you will continually lead. And so I would pray that you would help anybody who's struggling right now know that even in their sadness, even in their sorrow, that you're working on their behalf, that you would open their eyes to see your great and wonderful work. I pray that the podcast would go out over and over again to encourage your people to pray and to look and to see your providence and to understand that they can hang on for one more day, that they can work through that temporary job one more day because you're leading them to the center of your will. Heavenly Father, and it's even in the measure, the measure for each of us. I'm not the richest man in the world. I don't care. I don't have the most comforts in the world. Lord, you know in my soul I don't care. I am doing what I've wanted to do, which is serve you and help your church pray and mature and spread the gospel. Again, teach your lessons through this time. We glorify you and we center on you, Lord Jesus Christ, for your holy and wonderful name's sake. In that name, the precious name of Jesus, who is the Messiah, we pray and we commit these things to you. Thank you and amen. Thank you all for listening. Now, until the next time, may the Lord bless you and keep you and make his face to shine upon you and give you the peace which comes from leaning on his everlasting arms. Thank you for listening to today's broadcast of Free Range Preacher. We hope you enjoyed it and will join us for our next broadcast coming up soon. For Fred and myself, this is Richard Durrington saying, Make it a godly, fun-filled day.